Hello and welcome back to the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishon, and once again I'm bringing you one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the Golden Age of Radio had to offer. This week, we crawl into the mind of Anthony Ellis and escape as two men are sent to the Northern Canadian Territory to do some scientific research. But when they become snowbound, one of them realizes that their companion just might be a homicidal madman. Today, the cast of David DeAlmo and myself reincarnate a study in wax from Escape, originally aired on February 1st, 1953. So turn off the lights, gather round, and just remember, if this story scares you, it scared your grandpappy first. And enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. It was late October when the radio shack burned down. We never did decide whose fault it was. Maybe Cabell with his cigarettes. Maybe me. Anyway, I guess the whole thing began when we lost the phone transmitter and receiver. Cabell and I had been sent up to the Northwest Territory by the Canadian Geodetic Survey people. It was a long job. I remember what Cabell said as we watched the government supply boat steaming off. It's gonna be a long winter. Yeah. Hope they don't run into any trouble on the way back. That ice is closing in fast. Well, so long, fellas. See you next spring. Whew, it's getting cold. Feels like snow. Probably get some tonight. Yeah. Well, we might as well get the rest of this stuff unpacked, huh? Alright. It's kind of lonely with them gone, you know? Yeah. I guess it's the quiet. Well, you better get used to it. Oh, oh I will. It's funny, you know, after spending most of your life in cities, well... I suppose you feel this kind of thing more. There's an awful lot of nothing out there. You need a drink. Come on. It wasn't that Cabell was moody or anything. I think he wasn't used to being out of touch with people and the things that he was accustomed to having in the cities. I was the opposite. I kind of liked the loneliness. As a matter of fact, now that I think about it, we were a pretty strange couple to hit it off the way we did. And when you got seven months to spend alone with another man, you gotta be sure of each other. And we thought we were. Until after the radio was gone. That day it burned down, we stood in the snow watching the embers glowing and the wisps of smoke rising into the cold sky. Well, it's gone. We still got the code center, just in case. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to miss the programs and the music. We could send a message to the base if you like. Ask him to fly out another one. No, you know old McLeod. He'd boil. <laughs> He'd boil. Probably take it out of our pay. No, we'll do without it. Well, it's all right with me. You're a hearty soul. I don't think you'd mind if you had to stay here alone for seven months, you know? Well, it'd be dull. I wouldn't have anybody to beat at chess. I think we better use the theolites tomorrow. Get to work on that western section over the range. Triangulation and that sort of thing. Jack? What? If it was my cigarette that burned down the shack, I'm sorry. Nah, forget it. I may have done it myself. Forget it. By the end of November, we'd done pretty well as far as work was concerned. 
but Cabell was getting jittery. We had a weak stretch where we couldn't move out of the camp. It was around 30 below outside and blowing 60 mile an hour winds. Cabell had read most of the things we'd brought along and was sitting at the table trying to beat his solitaire game. I was oiling my gun. Ah. Odds are against you every time. Don't I know it. I wish this weather would ease off. It will. Hey, I got an idea. What's that? What do you say we open our Christmas presents tonight? Our Christmas pre- It's November. I know, I know, but I bet there'll be some books. I told my folks to pack some books. Well, what do you do when you finish those? I don't know. I gotta do something. Just wish we had the radio. Look, we can send a message. If McLeod wants to cut our heads off for burning up his property, he'll have to come here to do it. If not, maybe he'll be feeling good enough and send it to us. It's worth a try, do you mind? It's not you, Jack. We talk and play chess and it's swell, but... Well, I miss the outside. I I know, I know. Just give me a pencil. Here you are. Thanks. Alright, and... yeah. How's this sound? Radio Shack burnt to the ground. Can you send a new receiver? Have only small set on fixed channel. Uh, Jack, couldn't you say emergency? Uh, (laughs) yeah, that'd go over big with McLeod. We miss Canadian and U.S. mystery shows. Must continue to hear them in order to keep up our work. Nah, just leave it as it is. Switch on the generator, will ya? It's getting kind of stuffy in here, isn't it? I was thinking it was cold. Ah, you old woman. McLeod's gonna love this. The reply from McLeod came back the following day. It was long, involved, and said what could have been said with one word. No. Our chief was a very careful man, and believed in others following his example. Therefore, if our radio was gone, it was our fault, and next time we should be more careful. And that was that. The weather let up a bit, and we got some work done. It was still terribly cold, but it didn't bother us now that the wind was gone. I noticed that Cabell was much quieter after our request for the radio had been turned down. I began to get a feeling as though he blamed me for it. So, about a week before Christmas, we just finished supper and I said, Uh, Larry? About those Christmas presents. What about them? What do you say we open them? Well, I thought you didn't want to till Christmas. Changed my mind. Oh? What's the matter? Trying to be nice to me? I can take this as well as you can, you know? I don't need you feeling sorry for me. Oh, no, 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 I'm not sorry. I I don't give a good stink one way or the other. I'm just saying if you want to open the packages now, it's all right with me. They're yours, it's not my business. Ah, forget about it. Do what you want. No, wait a minute. Will you open yours? Sure. Okay. He got a hammer and started to pry open the case. Our families and friends had done their shopping in August, and we'd put their gifts together in the case. And at the sight of those colorful wrappings, Cabell began to smile. Oh, that mother of mine. He was back in touch again. They were little things, but, you know, a label, a scratch of handwriting. The feel of something different was blotting out his loneliness. Hey, we did great. Hey, come on over, come on, see what you got. Okay. Doesn't feel like books. They wouldn't pack them like this, would they? They might. This is for my sister. You met her, Jack. Nancy, the one in Winnipeg? Oh, right, Nancy. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, hey, look. Look at that. Look what we got. It's a phonograph. 
A phonograph? Yeah. There must be some records in here. Jack, wind it up, will ya? Oh, this is great. There's a big sack of them here. There must be. Oh, of all the lousy, crummy luck. What? What's the matter? They're broken. Ah, jeez, that's a shame. All of them? Well, oh, wait a minute. There's two of them that's okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> hey, listen to this, will ya? Bugle calls of His Majesty's Army. What? I mean it. Look, belong to my father. I remember him playing it when I was a kid. Well, what's the other one? Let's see. Oh, it's The Age of Gold. Shastakovich. It's one of my favorites. No Benny Goodman or anything like that? No. Well, that's right. I forgot. You don't much like this long hair music, do you? Oh, well, not much, but it's okay. Come on, let's take a listen to that bugle call thing. That ought to be something. Here, I think I got it wound up enough. Wait till I tell Nancy about that packing job of hers. <laughs> oh, boy. Spring Zack memories. The alarm. You know, we could have used this one when the shack burned down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on this one, everybody comes. We got a lot of laughs out of that old record, played it a couple times, and had a couple of drinks. And I tell you that phonograph, even with only two records, well, it made a lot of difference to us. The strain seemed to be gone, and then Cabell put on his Shostakovich and got lost in it. To me, it wasn't much. It was all cluttered up with a bunch of noise that hurt your ears. Well, he must have played it half a dozen times while we unwrapped the rest of the things. There were a lot of books and magazines, and that was really good. I figured we could stretch them all out to at least three months. That'd take us into March. But by the next day, the weather had turned bad, and a blizzard came down. We stayed inside until the day after Christmas. And Cabell? Well, he was like a kid. He smoked cigars, drank brandy, and listened to his record and read. In ten days, he'd read every single thing. And then he had nothing to do but listen to his record. Oh, come. You're not going to play that again. Sure. Do you mind? Well, I I wouldn't mind not listening to it for a while. Why don't you try the bugle calls? They're quieter anyways. You need to learn to appreciate good music, Jack. You're missing something. Yeah, well, maybe I will. But not from that. It's beautiful. Well, not to me it isn't. Why don't you let it go for a while, huh? All right, all right, if that's the way you feel about it. How about a game? Mm, nah, not right now. Thanks. I want to finish reading this article. What are you reading? Oh, yeah, I read that. That's not much. You know, that guy never could write. Oh? I think it's pretty good. Well, it depends on what you're used to reading, I guess. What kind of crack is that? Nothing. Nothing. It just depends on what you're used to reading. That's all. Does that make me a lowbrow? You said it. I didn't. You better go check the oil outside. I did it yesterday. It's your turn. Uh-uh. I did it this morning. In this weather, we do it twice a day, you remember? Oh, yes, sir. You trying to be funny? No. No, I just didn't like the way you said it. We're both in charge here, you know, not you or me. Nobody gives orders here. We share the responsibility. Okay, then do your share. All right. All right, I'm going to go out, check the oil, and not because you said to do it, you know, because I want to. Yeah, well, good for you. 
when I think of it now, we sounded like a couple of kids, and I can't even remember what it was that set us off. But I'll never forget what happened because of that day. You don't easily forget a thing like death. Cabell and I didn't talk to each other over the next few days. Well, not the way we used to, I mean. Just conversation that was necessary to do our work. And that was it. And he didn't play his record, either. New Year's Eve day and we got a couple of messages through, in code from our families. And I guess we both felt pretty bad. Cabell was trimming the oil stove when I decided to try and patch things up. Uh, say, Larry? Yeah? Look, um, that business about the other night? I'm sorry. Ah, uh, it's my fault, really. It's kind of silly, you know? Yeah. You know, it's probably just as well that we had that bust up then. Still three months to go before that ship comes back. Yeah, I know. Hey, and thanks for not playing that record. It's okay. Just wish that wind would stop. Gets on my nerves. You know something? I got something that's good for that. What? Haha! <laughs> what do you got there? Something to toast the new year. Champagne. And two bottles? <laughs> what an idea. Jack, this is wonderful. We'll stick them outside for a couple minutes, cool them off. I'll do it. Wendell cut you in two. Oh, that is cold. You want to know something? The best thing for you and me to do is to get roaring, stinking drunk. Champagne with brandy chasers. Happy New Year, Larry. Same to you, Jack. And we got drunk. We got red-eye drunk. And we talked about women and ourselves and our dreams. And it was sloppy. And it was great. The kind of haze you get where it doesn't matter where you're feeling good about everything. And it was fine. Until Kobold decided it was time to hear some music. I, uh, Jack... I want you to really listen to this now. I mean, really listen. This uh, Shostakovich, he makes them all look sick with this thing. I, I really want you to listen. Uh, no, I, I don't want to hear that thing. Don't put it on. No, no, no. Really, give it a chance. Just listen to it. But I don't like it, Larry. Now listen. I'm going to explain it. Listen. Listen to what he does with the rhythm. That's great music, friend. That's really great. That's not music. It's a lot of noise. Jack, Jack, shut up, will ya? You're not listening. Don't tell me to shut up. You know, you just don't understand good music. That's the matter with you. I, I understand what I don't want to listen to. Well, I want to hear it. Jack, don't take that off. Take your hands off me or you're going to get hurt. Now listen, Jack, you stay away from that machine. Get out of my way. You don't have to get pushy. I'm sick of you and your filthy music, and everything about it. Don't touch that record! Now take a good listen, because you're not going to hear it anymore, this thing. Not as long as I'm here. Put it down, Jack. I mean it. I mean it. Put it down. Put it down, or I'll... I'll shoot. I'll do it, if you don't put that record down. And I got sober. I might have never had a drink I was so sober. Cabell had reached up for one of the holsters that hung around the door, and he wobbled to his feet, the gun held tightly in his hand, and there was blood running out of his mouth down his own chin. And I just stood there, and I put the record down on the turntable. You were going to break it, weren't you? Weren't you? Yeah. I knew you were. 
I know because it gives me pleasure to listen to it, and you don't like that. Well, listen, I want to listen to it, and you don't. So you get outside. Oh, Larry, you don't mean that. I'll kill you if you don't. Now get outside. Larry, you're crazy. It's 40 below out there. I'll freeze to death. It'll do you real good. Now you go on, Jack. You get outside. All right. Just let me get my things. No. Larry, listen to me. You're drunk. You don't know what you're doing. You open that door. Open it. Now go on out. Larry? Larry, Larry, let me in. Larry, let me in. And inside, I thought I heard the music again. He was crazy. Crazy drunk. I went around back, trying to get away from the wind, but it wasn't any good. There wasn't anywhere to get away from it. I'd seen what happened to men caught in the open this way, and I knew how quickly it could happen. So I ran and I jumped anything to keep moving. And all the time, I couldn't believe it was happening. I didn't know how much time went by. Maybe a minute. Maybe it was ten. Jack? Jack, where are you? Jack? I heard him calling. Through the flurries of powdered snow blown off the roof, I saw Cabell standing in the doorway, and I saw the gun still in his hand, hanging by his side. And I forgot the cold. Come on in, Jack. Jack? I only knew that Cabell had gone mad, and he was going to kill me. Somehow I had to get him away from the cabin, get him outside where I'd have a chance. I waited for a minute, and then... Larry! Over here, Larry! Jack? Over here! I knew he heard me, and I saw him move out of the doorway. Where are you? Can you hear me? Where are you? Over here! Over this way! I thought I might be able to make a wide circle and double back to the cabin before he knew what was happening. Jack, I can't hear ya. Can you hear me? Jack, where are ya? Larry! Larry! And the wind burned my eyes so I couldn't see. And I tripped and fell. And my hands bare. Well, I didn't feel the coldness of the snow any longer. Jack? Jack, over here! Jack, can you hear me? He... he must have seen me. He was closer now close enough to shoot. I tried to run, stumbling, falling, and then it was easier. I was going downhill, but he was behind me. Jack, Jack, it's all right. Don't be scared, Jack. And then there was something different in the feel of the ground under me. It wasn't ground anymore. Not snow. It was ice. I'd reached the shore, and I was going out onto the frozen sea. Jack, don't go out there. And I began to imagine that I could feel the movement of the sea under me, and I... And suddenly it didn't matter anymore. I didn't care. I couldn't run. I just wanted to lie down. Jack! I just wanted to lie down. Jack, take it easy. It's all right. It's going to be all right. You don't have to be afraid. Jack, you can have the gun if you want. I wouldn't hurt you. Jack! When it happened, Cabell was no more than eight feet away from me. But I just lie there, watching, waiting for him to shoot. And the dark ribbon that split the ice grew wider and wider. A semicircle of ice had cracked away, and it wasn't very big, but it was drifting out, away. And the ribbon was no longer a ribbon. And in that moment, I knew he hadn't wanted to kill me. Jack! That I'd been wrong. Jack, help! Larry! Larry, jump in! Swim on! Come on now, kid! Come on, you can make it! Swim! I can't! Come on, Larry, swim! 
I can't swim. I can't swim, Jack. You, you gotta try. Come on, please, hurry, Larry. I wanted you to get back to the cabin. I wasn't gonna hurt you. He moved away so fast after that. And then I couldn't see him anymore. He was lost in the darkness. Larry? Larry! Somehow, I got back to the cabin. I remember getting the transmitter switched on, sending the message through. Then I got a flashlight and my furs on. I don't know how long I was down there on the ice, shouting, looking, but I knew he was gone. I'd never see him again. And in the gray morning, the planes came, and for two days they searched until the weather forced them back. And that was all. They flew me back to the hospital. Maybe I'll lose my hands. Maybe not. They're not sure yet. Well, it doesn't matter anyways. And that concludes our reincarnation of A Study in Wax from Escape and another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank David DeAlmo for joining me and helping me bring this script back to life. And new episodes of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast can be found every Thursday on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you never miss an announcement. And while you're at it, leave us a review. Maybe we raised a hair or two. But for now, that's it for me, Dave Stishin, and the rest of us at the Reincarnated Radio Podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first. (laughs) 